so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Happy to be here. You know, I, I, I got to say, Guru is probably one of my favorite companies, only because I think I went to one of your events. I actually went to two of, one of, two of your events. I, I forget what it was called, but it was like a, a music event that you guys hold. You guys, like, where you have, like, live bands and stuff on site. Called Live at Guru, yes. Eventually, mm -hmm. when we reopen the office, we will start that up again. But, yeah, we, we would source local artists to come and... Um, play at Guru. It was last summer, it was basically every month. It was really awesome. And we opened it to the community and then made that like our, our team building event for the month, which is really awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. And how is that? Have you saw a lot of people within like the startup space of Philadelphia engage with it? Yeah, it's so for us, timing was challenging because the live at Guru was at 7 30, 8 o'clock at night on Thursdays, which is late for some folks. So the crowd would depend upon what people had going on the following day. But yeah, no, it's been really cool to see. I'd say we're probably one of the only startups in Philly that has a stage and a full music venue on one of our off office floors, which has been really awesome um, and unique, to say the least. Well, that's cool. So if you could just, you know, give us an idea as far as what you do at Guru, how long you've been there before, and just ultimately what Guru does. Sure. So I am the VP of People Operations. I... Um, started crazy. It's been now three years. It's, I'm in a wild journey. Guru is a collaborative knowledge management solution that really gives you the information you need to do your job when and where you need it. We sometimes think about it like it's a wiki that works for you. So instead of going to some portal or a separate app, Guru really brings that knowledge that people need into all of their apps that they're already using. The recent research that our marketing team came out with has said that there are 35 job critical apps that you switch between 1100 times a day. Look at how many tabs you probably have open on your browser right now. I constantly have between 30 and 40 things open in Chrome at any given time. And context switching really kills productivity. So our goal with Guru is to you know, aim to solve that by ensuring that you never need to leave your work to get an answer that you need to actually do your job. How does it work? Do you guys have like Slack integrations or Chrome integrations? Like how does that yep. process work? Yep, so there's a Slack extension, there's, there's the browser extension in Chrome. We're integrated with Microsoft Teams and on the Microsoft ecosystem. So you think about like you're answering an email or you're in Zendesk looking at a ticket and you can click the browser extension and it'll surface content in Guru that actually will allow you to get the answer you need. You can just copy and paste that, drop that in and move on. And you can then use the time that you need in your day to actually not answer these repetitive questions that you have, but actually be able to provide better service and value to your customers and your prospects. Sure. For me, it seems like you guys are driving home the, the idea of efficient communication and collaboration between teams. So regarding your internal culture within Guru, like how does that transition? Like what does the internal culture at Guru look like? And how do you guys live that idea of collaboration, communication, and, and teamwork to a certain extent? You know, so I'd say since day one, when you think about our culture, we've been laser focused on outcomes for our customers, for our employees. It's really like in our DNA and the fiber of the company. So our core values, they don't just hang on a wall somewhere. They're not mentioned once in your onboarding and then not spoken about again for months on end. We poured a lot of effort into distilling down. What does it mean to be a guru? What are our core values? And we did that back in 2018. We really refined and refocused them as the company's grown, but we're constantly recognizing our, what we call it values in action. 
that our CEO highlights like twice a month at our company town hall. And our people team actually created this Slack react sheet to be able to capture stories that are being shared in Slack that people are reacting to. And they're being pushed into a channel that basically gives examples of our people demonstrating our core values in real time with customers or prospects or just helping each other out on a day-to-day -day basis, which has been really cool. And then we surface those in town hall and give shout outs to the team and explain how it is that people on the team are really living that day-to-day. Yeah, you know, it's, it's really interesting because every time I've had an interaction with someone from Guru, it's been awesome every time. And even, even to a certain extent where I'm cold emailing Rick, trying to get him to buy my product. And he's so nice. And he's yeah. so pleasant. And it's been a really nice interaction as a whole. So I commend you guys for that. No, that I appreciate good. that. I'd say like the one thing I, I do want to highlight about our culture, and I feel like you took the words right out of my mouth, like we are what I'll call a people first company. And a lot of organizations want to say that, but don't really stand behind their words with that action. And that's not guru. We genuinely and authentically care about other humans that we grow alongside every day. And I feel like you can feel that when you talk with us, when you mm -hmm. come to our offices. And that's a perfect example of how I think like special it really is to be part of the team and really experience that on a day-to-day -day basis. You know, so, so that being said, though, you guys are in two locations, in two very, very different, different locations, which are yes. San Francisco and, and Philadelphia. And Puppy's so cute in the background, by the way. <laughs> Kingsley is, yeah, his name's Kingsley. He's a Cavalier King Charles mixed with a Cocker Spaniel. Nice, nice, nice. I just got a, an Australian Shepherd, so I'm going oh nuts goodness. right now. I'm um, sure. Yeah, it's crazy. All right, so that being said, I'll talk the dogs in the background, just get everything crazy. Like we said, San Francisco, Philadelphia, two very different locations, very different personalities to a certain extent. Plus one, Philadelphia is not really considered a, a tech. So a lot of the the culture and the personalities that you get that are ingrained within San Francisco, you don't have in Philadelphia. So how did you, how did you blend the company values of Guru within two completely different personas to a certain extent. Yeah, I'd say the first thing that comes to mind is actually one of our core values of learn and grow. It was definitely a work in process because it took time to build the team in San Francisco and build out that office. And I think we realized we really needed to give the team space to build their own culture that was an extension of what we had in Philadelphia, but not an exact replica. At first, I really thought like I needed to create parity, buy the same snacks, host the same events like happy hours, have the same outing that we had when we were visiting. But I quickly realized it was more important to celebrate and respect the differences between coasts and ensure the culture was aligned in its own way with what we had built here in Philly. Mm -hmm. And I'd say as far as bridging that gap and continuing to build those relationships, I'd say we recognized how important it was to really commit to in-person time in supporting the team and traveling between offices to build those in-person connections, which clearly I miss those days and I really miss traveling and seeing the team. But back in 2018, when we had opened the San Francisco office, it was so important to us that we actually got the team together twice per year in Philadelphia. And we had a full week of togetherness and programming around quarterly business review or our annual company kickoff. And it was a really great time to bring everyone together under one roof to have the team get to know each other and really experience what it's like out here in Philadelphia, which was really great. You guys went from roughly about 30 to 160 people. And then you touched on this topic on not allowing San Francisco to create its own culture to a certain extent, it blended within Philadelphia. And I feel like a lot of companies get this wrong on the idea of culture fit versus culture 
add or so how did you is that what you mean by that like you let people come in with their own sort of personalities and their own sort of ways of doing things and let the San Francisco office adapt to its own sort of internal culture and then was that hard to do going from 30 to 160 in two different coasts in a relatively short period of time yes Yes, very hard. I'd say we have a culture interview component to our interview process. And it's not, is this person someone you want to go have a beer with? That's not what culture fit, culture alignment means. It's in the culture interview process when we're vetting, bringing people on the team, we ask these questions around, they've been specifically tailored to behaviors and responses that really exemplify what it means to be aligned with our core values and living them before you even really know them. And that has been super helpful in scaling the team. But we hire slower because of that. A lot of organizations are like, we need to fill a role. We're going to fill it. We got to get these people in. We need, we've got this product we need to ship. But it's so important for us to recognize that the people that you bring in inside, like you have to be selective and you have to make sure that they're going to be the right fit and challenge you and bring diverse views that are going to, to give us better outcomes. But still... We need that culture alignment at the, at the beginning. Yeah. And it's such a great point too. And I brought this up on a previous podcast where when you rush the hire, everything else gets rushed. Yeah. And, and, what I, and what I mean by that is we talk a lot about stress and burnout and all these other things, right? So normally what happens, especially within tech, we hire fast. All right. And then we throw these new hires directly into the fire. And I think about that. And you think you have a 20-something-year-old kid who's coming directly out of college, maybe in a new city, who's never paid his own bills and his or her own bills in his whole entire life, learning a brand new job with brand new people. That's a really hard process to, to sort of anybody to take on. So, but what do we do? We just throw it at him and say, sink or swim, which, and we've talked about this before, if that was in, if that was in athletics or sports, that athlete would die. They'd get injured. They would never be able to compete again. But why do we do that to new employees? Like, why do we, why do we like put them through this gauntlet when it's, it's the opposite way of like literally biology works in people? Like, do you have any ideas on that? Yeah, honestly, like we don't do it at Guru. We have a really thorough and, and vetted onboarding process. You come in, you have an onboarding buddy who you meet with. It's going to help you understand systems, process just integration in the culture. You just have someone you can bounce ideas or questions off of. It's not necessarily someone on your team. We build out your onboarding in Asana. It's in Guru. You have a 30, 60, 90 that we want to make sure your manager is holding you accountable to. You set your goals and your personal key results for the quarter. Like we, yes, there's a certain, to a certain extent, you're in a high growth company. Some of that is drinking from the fire hose. And that's just part of being in that type of an environment. That's an amazing journey, but also we have to make sure that you're right. We're setting everyone up for success. And we're thinking about the fact that this really is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And you have to have that mindset because if not, you burn people out, you lose people along the way. And attrition is so expensive once you get people in and onboarded. And we've had really low attrition over the years. And I think that's been you know, a remarkable testament as to like how it is that we onboard the team and we get people in and really um, ramped and successful. Yeah, totally. And, and quite honestly, it's not really fair to the person. Either. No, it's not. Right? So this person is committing his life to his or her life to your company, you know, and then you're putting in a position which is detrimental to the career, detrimental to the health, detrimental to a bunch of other things because we have a specific agenda. 
yeah. that we're trying to accomplish, which is the benefit of people like you and people teams that can take that. And then obviously having a, a, a founder or a group of founders that understand that process. For sure. But I think the other thing to point out is everything that I just talked about didn't exist when I joined the team at 30, right? Like we were scaled at 60. We built out the onboarding programs, I'd say over the last year and a half. It doesn't happen overnight and you have to be able to grow with the experience, learn from mistakes you make along the way and be able to course correct. And I think that's really important to recognize as well. It depends on the stage of the organization that you're joining. You know, I think, I think it comes down to, like you said before, being a people first organization. And it's so very important just to understand and to have empathy as far as what that person is going through at that yes. time. And that's the hardest thing for as founders, as managers, as leaders, it's the hardest thing to do because we all have this idea that we're the bar that we have is based on performance, especially in a high growth company like you guys, where scaling to 10x or 20x, whatever that is, that it's not like you have to do it. If not, you have a bunch of investors and the public and and CNN and anybody else who are writing about you guys that you didn't do it. That's a very stressful thing. But ultimately, we do have a responsibility to our people to take care of them first and foremost. So on that point, I'm not going to get too much into the COVID-19 response and whatnot. But what I really want to understand is, you know, we have a statistic that we saw recently that before COVID, trending burnout rates were roughly anywhere between 25 to about 32% across the board of just trending, not necessarily full burnout. <laughs> Since COVID, that has gone into about roughly about 60% across the companies that we work with, which if you understand burnout is one of these things where it's not, it's not only the effects of right now, it's the fat tail effect of it. So how For that sure. affects your company six months from now and a company like Guru where the six months, year, whatever, that short period of time can be exponential growth. Yeah. How do you guys manage burnout and the feeling of isolation and working remotely and all of those other things? And what are some recommendations that you would give to other tech companies trying to be like a guru of things that they can do to manage burnout within the organization? It's funny you say that. And I, I saw that the there's some research from Bloomberg recently that said that the workday's gotten 48 minutes longer, which is a long time. Folks aren't commuting anymore. And I think whether you're in the office or whether you're remote, your ability to do your job should feel the same. Instead of feeling like you need to be glued to your monitor or looking at every Slack message every minute it comes in, we're really focused on ensuring that people have access to what they need on their own schedule, not on the company's schedule. So I think like one of the things that we've really wanted to um, focus on, creating more asynchronous communication. We're fortunate that the product itself allows us to push information to where it is that our employees are working with knowledge alerts so they can consume what it is they need from us. But in the current environment, people are talking about how you get Zoom fatigue and Slack feels noisy. You don't know where you need to go to find the information you need to do your job. So Guru has been really helpful in us being able to build that asynchronous communication so people aren't having to read all of these different Slack channels all the time. The other thing I'll say we really focused on is just like time off. Earlier on in the pandemic, we made sure that we took like a full month of Fridays off to give the team time to go support and run errands for loved ones who were at higher risk. We wanted to make sure you could go grocery shopping without waiting in like the hours long line, the lines on the weekends. And then fast forward to now, when things are a little bit more known, we've just really had the people managers reiterate to the team, you need to take time off and you need to set example for your teams to take time off because you have to be able to recharge. Look, we've had weddings canceled, you've got vacations that have been canceled, there's no commute, right? So your day starts earlier, it ends longer, there's less to do externally that 
is like a safe way for you to experience the world in, in the way that we have before in different activities. So with that, it's like making sure that people are taking care of themselves and ensuring they're taking those mental health days. If you have a bad day, go take the rest of the day off and just encouraging the team to not try and take a one size fits all approach and support everyone individually with how they're feeling because everyone's gonna experience it differently. One of the other things that our marketing team came up with that was really cool was this concept. We have this Give TLC program where we've got folks who have had like childcare concerns. Like I said, some weddings have been canceled. You've got family members that are falling ill and all of that is like a lot to cope with. And we have this process where you can nominate a team member it may not be someone you work with on a day-to-day basis, but someone who's struggling or had something happen and our people team will go through, find and create, like, and curate this really thoughtful gift to send them just to make sure that they know that the company is really, we have their back and that we're thinking about them. We're there to support them. So I think that's been really good. So that's, it's, it's fantastic. I love the idea of the give TLC thing. That's really cool. Historically, we've all been managed by this let's sort of legacy concepts of managing hours and and really building your life around your work. Do you think that changes long-term? Like within, especially within our space, do you think we move towards an environment where you're more building your work around your life and managing that process where you can do the things you want to do, take care of your health and whatnot, and then still being able to accomplish your job in more open hours and more free time and, and whatnot? Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think that's what we have to be. We have to open that and embrace it with open arms. Yes, that is the future for we don't know how long. And I think it is going to have like long-term lasting effects on the way that we approach our work and the way that we look at our work. And I think one of the things that we've always said though, a guru, is that we measure accomplishments, not hours worked. So again, that's one of the things that's just ingrained in our DNA that like, we, you're having a bad day, go take the rest of the day off. You got your projects wrapped up in the week, take Friday off, go do whatever it is that you need to make yourself, make it so that you're bringing your best self to work every day. And I think that more employers need to be looking at it from that perspective. You're going to have kids in the background of your Zoom. You're going to have to log off to go help get your kids set up on Zoom. If you don't have someone who's helping, like making sure that they're able to do their virtual, like online learning with school in the fall, like that's okay. And we need to be supportive and recognize that everyone's circumstance is different. Yeah, in the idea of stress, there's this concept of like ambient stress, right? Or like the stress that's always in the background. Yeah. For, for me, the, the job stress, like the specific like production level stress was always the easiest for me to manage. The hardest part for me to manage was all that ancillary stress that a lot of times your traditional work environment gives you. You didn't attend a happy hour or you don't want to attend a happy hour or you might want to attend a happy hour, but you also have your wife you have to go home to who might be mad that you went to the happy hour or you're not communicating enough with your employees or whatnot. And I, I love the idea of you being praised and you're based off your accomplishments and your production and nothing else because in this environment like that's really what it's about it's about can you produce if you can produce then nothing else really matters to a certain extent right how you want to engage with your team members because that's the other thing and sometimes i can imagine is it can be hard walking into a company like guru and i'm going to be very honest here is that if you have someone who's introverted who doesn't doesn't adapt well to a really extroverted supportive environment how do you manage that person effectively? How do you say you don't have to be like everybody else within this company and yet you can still succeed and still be happy? Does that make sense? It does. And I think that, again, it comes back to the, the way that I feel like, like I've approached 
managing since the beginning is that you have to recognize that what works well for someone does not work well for someone else. And that's completely okay. And you have to be able to train your managers and your people managers throughout to be able to recognize those subtle differences, differences that exist and have empathy for the fact that you're going to have someone who's an introvert versus extrovert. They're not going to want to go to happy hour, but maybe they're really engaged in something else. And you talk about that in your one-on-ones on a weekly basis. I think that it comes back to this, the same concept that I keep coming back to, which is it's not one size fits all. We need to have different programming that exists for folks who don't necessarily want to attend a happy hour. And we have to be thoughtful about it and recognize that everyone isn't the same. And that's not what we want, you know? Totally. And I think it comes down to what really is culture. And to me, like what you just said, that's culture, right? That's understanding people and that's understanding personalities and that's understanding subjectivity within personality types and what people want and what people don't want. As soon as we start building that culture fit environment, is I feel like it's when we lose culture, right? Um, yeah. That's a great point. So, and I think you know, inclusion all- is really important for everyone to feel like you have that, that inclusive workspace. And one of the things that we measure engagement with EMPS, we measure motivation with this concept called the Vega Factor, and we're launching our first ever inclusion survey through CultureAmp this month so that we can actually benchmark ourselves against other organizations in the tech space and really use those results to see where we need to intentionally increase the overall sense of belonging on the team and how it is that you approach your work so that we can make sure we're continuing to to think about it from a holistic perspective. Now, do you think, I, I believe you guys were always at the forefront of, of being thoughtful in the way that you approach your people, but do you think across the industry that this way of thinking sticks Or do you think we go back to the the old normal and not necessarily the new normal? I will say that I am told that I am an optimist generally. And in this area, I will say that I'm going to remain optimistic that it's something that sticks. Because I think that, I think a lot of what and the reasoning behind it not being more consistent and more readily available is just that people haven't had their eyes open to it. And now it's being discussed and people are talking about how inclusion and diversity matters and how your approach to your team is going to be materially different because you're all distributed now you have to understand how communication is going to change and how you support the team and how you create these and how you foster these meaningful relationships through zoom which no one's not everyone's used to doing that fully distributed companies have gone through those growing pains and figured it out. But now you've got all these other companies that are having to think through how you support those organizations and how you support your team. And I don't think that there's been this forcing function until today. So I do believe that it's going to have lasting effects in a positive way. Yeah, I completely agree. That being said, and this will pretty much be the last question here. With Guru, you guys are becoming, if not one of the sort of leaders in the space, and you being the head of people, it's an important position for the industry, right? Because the changes that you make within your people can carry over to every startup, entrepreneur, small team that they want to sort of add into their company. If you could give sort of one piece of advice when it comes to managing people, either during this time or not during this time, what would that be? I'd say at a time when a lot of employers are focusing on cutting costs and short-term goals, I think finding ways to invest in your employees and shift the collective focus to the long-term is going to pay dividends. Like, and I think doing your best now to create as much certainty and stability 
as you can for your team and be that rock and be the known is so important because there's so much that's unknown externally today that if you give that to your team members and you support them in that way, it is going to be um, something that's really special and something you're able to provide that I think will be a measure of success when we come out on the other end of this. Thank you so much, Jess. I really appreciate it. This was really awesome, really insightful. For sure. Great chatting with you, Brian. Thank you.